uh, Jesus's uh, discourse in Matthew 5 uh, 13 through 16 uh, we talked about him calling us the salt of the earth and what that meant uh, today we're going to talk about the fact that he calls us the light of the world and what that means and how this uh, little parable and this little discussion uh, applies to our lives as we live them now I know that some of you can think of instances where people have been drawn to you. Uh, They've been drawn to your words in a very unusual way. I know if you've been uh, a Christian for any length of time, you know, we kind of get used to it now. Uh, But when we think about it, it's very, very different from what the life that we lived before we had Christ. Before people would argue with you, fight you. I mean, they do some of that now that you're a believer because our words have an impact both ways but as far as uh, light and the the drawing power of the light of God that is within us uh, we have great drawing power for good for good things And, and so that's what we need to always keep in mind that this light comes into the world for good in uh, Genesis 1-3 we see in the creation the first thing God released into the earth was light and so in, uh, he, in one one, it talks about the earth and being without form and void and darkness was over the face of the earth and the spirit of God began to hover in that darkness and over the waters and, and the voice of God said let there be light. <clears throat> And there was light. And he looked at the light and said it was good. And so if you can think about it, what God is saying is let there be me all over the place. Darkness is the absence of the light of God. Darkness is always the absence of God. The Bible says God will hide, will shroud himself in thick darkness, but when he reveals himself, there is light. And so God is hidden from us in darkness, but when the light emerges, he is revealed. And so when God did creation, we can say that because light came first, everything that he created was created in that light. It was created with full understanding, uh, with full revelation, with full consciousness of what he was doing. There were no mistakes made when God created everything. And so uh, we have to understand that light represents perfection. Light represents uh, revelation. Revelation, light represents uh, a, um, a kind of, a, um, I guess you can say, an enlightenment as well. Not only a physical light, but it can be a light <coughs> in that penetrates all darkness. Whether our minds are darkened, hearts are darkened, uh, the pathway is darkened, the earth is darkened, whatever uh, darkness uh, appears light is there to eliminate it and alleviate it and there's a good purpose for light in the world when men are in darkness they stumble and they don't know where they go darkness there's danger there how many of us you know if you go down a dark street you, your heart starts to race because you don't know what's hiding in the darkness uh, darkness is is where Many times the devil does his work and he always does his work. He, he, you know, he's pretty bold if he, he'll do it in the light. But in the darkness his deeds can be hidden. Uh, Jesus even taught on that. He said men like darkness more than light because their deeds are dark. 
and so if people enjoy darkness more than light it's because their deeds are dark got me you can do dirty deeds in the dark you know what I'm saying in the light you're you're exposed and you don't want that to be known and so we have to be careful you know that's why girls and, and young girls and boys the parents always told them like, get back here before dark you know I mean you don't do that so much now because kids are are chaperoned everywhere because you know people have cars and stuff but when I was a kid we'd play outside and and my mother would say now when it starts getting dark you better get back here you know if, if we went off off the street or over to a neighbor's house or down the street where they couldn't see us you know and, and usually parents didn't let you go off for a real long period of time without calling you back home just to make sure you were okay and so those things are we know those things just from experience we know that uh, when when uh, things are removed from sight there's there's opportunity for evil to take place and for evil to occur and so we like the light we are light is necessary uh, for so many reasons and so uh, for that reason Jesus decided to live his light through people because it's it, the world needs light we don't need more darkness uh, we've had experience with a, a time in history called the dark ages and we we can look at at the church history and see that there was very little movement in the church in the gospel there was very little movement as far as preaching the gospel was concerned uh, and, and what brought them out of the dark ages was the protestant reformation which started teaching people uh, about faith that the just shall live by faith and that started a worldwide revival that is continuing even now so we can say that the church or the gospel or the people of God are very very necessary to bring light to the earth that's just a historical fact that whenever the church is enlightened the rest of the world is enlightened the rest of the world benefits from it I can see a lot of the warfare against the church now with confronting ministers and trying to get them to back down from the truth of God's word has to do with stifling the move of God that God is planning to to flood more light into the earth so if they think it's bad now they don't like the, the degree of light that's released in the earth now just wait until God stirs it up big time and, and, and turns up the intensity of it uh, it's going to get worse for those who want to abide in sin in John eight twelve, Jesus said I am the light of the world so he sets that truth in motion and so uh, when that that truth uh, um, uh, comes forth in his people that increases the light if you'll turn there uh, John 8 12 just very quickly because our scripture is still Matthew 5 Jesus spake unto them again saying I am the light of the world he that follows me follows me follows me shall not walk in darkness but he shall have the light of life or the light of eternal life or the light of a life that never is extinguished that never dies and so Jesus promises eternal life to all who follow him and his followers contain that light 
because he the same thing he said about his himself he says again about his people and he says here in Matthew 5 if you'll turn there now I'm starting in verse 14 he says you are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid and neither do men put a candle light a candle and put it under a bushel or under a barrel but on a candlestick and it gives light unto all that are in the house so he says therefore then let your light shine let it shine don't try to make it up yourself don't try to manufacture any light but let the light that I put in you shine that before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven we need to to understand some some words that kind of define what light is you know that light is goodness that's one thing you've got to put down there because you may not get a good reaction sometimes when your light shines you got me uh, that light because it floods in on darkness and because it exposes darkness if people want to hold on to their darkness they won't like the light but that light has a purpose even when it's not received very well you don't control how people respond to God's light that's something we got to remember as Christians because sometimes we take too much credit (laughs) for what God's doing says here in verse 16 let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven you got me so the reaction the understanding everything about this light has very little to do with us there's very little effort you have to expend to make let it shine all you have to do is don't hide it that's what your your job is you got me don't work against the light that's what he's saying when he says let it so shine and people will see your good works and glorify God so if if you have all those things come together then that's a good thing they've got to see good works from your life that good may not be their definition of good it may not be your definition of good as long as it's God's definition of good that's what we're going for and glorify God but there are certain good works that we know are acceptable in God's sight and we'll talk about those in a little bit in John 1 4 it defines the light the Bible says in him was life l-i-f-e and that life was also light it was the light of men so life light then brings life with it there is a life that word that light that's in you is living it's a living light because it's living light it has intelligence it has purpose it has words it has goals it has everything anything that life would 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 that pertains to life is in that light that's in you because that light is the person of Jesus Christ he shines right through us it's like Moses when he went to to up to uh, the mountain to talk to God for 40 days he stood in the glory of God and his face was shining when he came so much so that people really couldn't look at him 
and so he wore that veil when he was in the presence of the people he had to shroud that glory from them now he had had yielded to it in such a way that it remained upon him but it, it you know faded after a period of time but it was still glorious you got me that that light of God so even that that exposure that he had without a converted heart and a converted soul caused the glory of God to remain on him for a period of time and so think about what our light is like I mean the people couldn't stare him in the face what do you think all our little light bulbs are doing out here you understand what I'm saying so there's a greater intensity I believe in the church we have more light than we know you got me we have more than we know we need to understand who we are in a greater measure so that we can cooperate with the light of life that resides on the inside of us and so it's it's amazing what what God has put in his people and what we're capable of if we'll let it the the key word here is let so anyway we'll get to that uh, Jesus is referred to as the day star man so uh, the day star there there's a, a star that people see sometimes in the heavens it's brighter than the sun it shines, shines brighter than the sun but day star and sun are synonymous and so when we talk about Jesus being uh, the bright and morning star the first star that comes up he, we're talking about how his life pierces all darkness it's dark until the sunshine till the sun till daybreak and the sun shines out of that darkness so we know that light is more powerful than darkness got me that's why when you get forgiven you can walk as a new person because your sins are so forgiven they're not they pale in comparison see the work of religion is to keep sin more powerful than than uh, than uh, uh, righteousness and, and when you know when you get in a situation where people are always pointing out flaws and always looking there that's a darkness there that's not right that's not right for believers to to constantly hammer at each other with faults and misgivings and all that kind of stuff they need to be repented of you need to stop you know what I'm saying just stop and start living in the light so that that's not an issue anymore and so if we'll understand though that the light in us is more powerful than darkness we'll quit feeling sorry for ourselves with with habits and things that we know we need to break and need to quit and won't do it you understand what I'm saying don't hang on to these things just let them fade let your light shine let that stuff go so that that you can live fully in the light that God has prepared for us to live in. You now the enemy likes darkness. He'll get you when you're you're feeling a little low. And if you let him keep hammering at you, you'll start living the low life. See, I've found that people do that. Believers that'll grab believers quicker than anything will. They'll start feeling condemned because of something they actually did. That if they confess it, God would remove it, cleanse them, and they're they're you know brand spanking clean again you gotta learn how to receive your your forgiveness immediately and you gotta learn how to forgive people immediately so that you're not living in condemnation and then the devil will start pushing you down look at what you did look at and you, well i guess i am no good and you go do more of it that's how that's how christians get caught up in habitual sin again because of condemnation and not learning how to live in the light 
expose these things devil yeah I did that but I'm forgiven and guess what I might do it again and get forgiven again how you like them apples because that's how this covenant works just like you have to give forgive somebody 70 times 7 and one day you might have to be forgiven that many times so let us not try and live way above where our faith can take us you live by faith you don't live by your ability to not do certain things you live by faith that God is keeping you and you're totally dependent upon him but that doesn't mean that the devil can condemn you and let you live in mire because of something you did that's been paid for already you know you just need to lawyer up and tell him to shut up talking to you. You don't talk to him about stuff like that anymore. Let's let's start living right here. Take advantage of everything that Jesus says. You know, you you don't get any points because of what you don't do anymore. You, you don't get any points for that. So quit trying to pat yourself on the back. You're, they're supposed to, we're supposed to see our own good works and glorify God. You know, God, I thank you. I, you know what? This day I didn't do so and so and such and so and I've been struggling with that for the longest time I thank you you kept me from you showed me a path that I could walk on we should feel good about obeying God we should feel good about walking in the spirit we should feel good that's our goal that we stay close to him Jesus is, is the, the day star you know there is glory back in the old covenant when God's glorious all the time Old or New Testament he's the same God that glory was was what was was weighty there's a different something about the light of God that's in us it's different it's not of this world it's not a light that is of this world it's of of eternal value we have an incomprehensible light the Bible says here in, in John 1 4 in him was light and the light in him was life and the life was the light of men in the darkness comprehended it not in other words ask the Pharisees if they could comprehend that light that was in Jesus they're still puzzling and scratching their heads about it so it's not comprehensible to the darkened mind the darkened mind has to be let go of and the mind of Christ then deposited in a person's spirit so that they can start to comprehend the things of God. The more your mind is renewed into the newness of Christ, into the mind of Christ, the more enlightened you can be, the more help you get uh, in times of trouble and difficulty, the more quickly you respond to the word of God and to the answers of God. When you have that, you know, it's, 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 it's different, totally different. I was speaking with someone once that wasn't a Christian and it was just so hard for them to get to understand just basic things you know and there's some people that 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 you know they'll be around church and you can talk to them and you can tell see your spirit will connect one with another when there's access by the holy spirit there'll be a peace there there'll be a drawing there there'll be a recognition there when people are not spiritually when they're not born again there's no connection there it's like hitting a wall every time and you can get that with people who are born again who don't have renewed minds but who who apply everything who appreciate life in a carnal fashion all the time because they don't understand how to get into the spiritual things don't spend enough time with God renewing their minds 
see when you renew your mind you let go of things that don't don't measure up to that word that you're reading you you yield your thought life over to that and you say God you know let me let me grab on to that I want to grab on I want to lose this this is something you're showing me today for me I want to have this I want this to be mine people that we kind of admire you know have have had that principle working uh, in them you know the ones that you see that their faith works like clockwork and you'd be mad at them with <laughs> with their faith that's what they do you know if you you read their testimonies people like the Copelands uh, brother Hagen they all did it they said I, I made up my mind one day if I saw it in the word I was going to go do it I see people say that's legalism no that's obedience because your faith once you start your faith is an action it's not just you you meditate on until it comes in there and then you get up and start doing it you see it you believe it and you put it into motion you can you can convince your stupid brain and your stupid body that God's word is true by getting out performing it and seeing that it works see everything that, that that's done by faith you know uh, you know you see some of the uh <laughs> what's that guy he scared the death out of you if you saw Jack Coe and you see him working with people at the altar this lady comes up with a broken arm and she's looking all pitiful and he yanks it up and see to him faith is an action and he fully believes that 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 action will heal that woman and she walks off healed you got me we don't have many people like that we need more people like that what we have are people that will see the word feel sorry for you because you don't want to do the word you rather feel Feel sorry for yourself. You got me? We keep more people sick and in bondage with that kind of attitude. It's ridiculous. We have everything that we need to do everything that God's told us to do. We don't need another sermon about what we can't do and what we need to be doing. We need to just release people to do the word of God, period. Because people want God. When you go out and witness, if you didn't believe those people needed God and want God, you wouldn't go up to and say a word to them. But you approach them because you know within you that person needs the Lord. There's something in them that needs God somewhere. Everybody that needs God. And so we have to understand that faith is that kind of an action. It's an action that, that goes forth doing. When, when Jesus said laborers are few and you say I'm one of your laborers and you need to get out and labor. You need to prove it every day. Just get out and labor for him. Share Christ with somebody every day. You need to be saying to yourself, God, get me somebody in here today that I can tell about you. Or I can at least get in a conversation that will lead to you. All you need to do, I tell all the the delivery people, if I don't get out of the house that day, I'll tell the delivery people, God bless you. You know God loves you, brother. You know, something like that, even though they're just handing me a package and running out of the door. You don't have time for a real conversation. You know, that that kind of thing is is what will differentiate you if your mind is renewed to who you are and your light is powerful and your light is revelatory and reveals Christ and you're full of Christ then you will begin to share just as Christ would and so he showed his love to people continually all the time
So what is light? You know, it's defined as, as uh, electromagnetic radiation, and it's visible to the human eye. So that's natural light. But natural light is toned down from what God's light is. So we're lighter than a light bulb is. <laughs> Some of the properties of light are intensity, frequency, and wavelength. Light is a fundamental constant of nature. There's nowhere you'll go where there isn't light somewhere. So God is everywhere. That's how people can say God is everywhere. Because there's light everywhere. Light sources are thermal. Which starts with the sun. That's why people are always trying to harness solar energy. God bless them. You know. I mean. <laughs> it takes a lot of them heavy panels. To get one little light bulb going. But they working on it. You know. Uh, <laughs> you can see the competitive nature of light too. Some lights are more intense than others. Some of them are are. are so intense that they're harmful to humans or harmful to the human eye and you gotta look at yourself as that way too you know there's some things that the light of Christ is harmful to it's harmful to carnal things it's harmful to the carnal mind you know all of that kind of stuff that has nothing to do with you letting it shine though you got me? You you don't control the intensity of the light. You're not God. <laughs> so uh, we we need to understand though that the light within us is not the same kind of light as natural sunlight is. Now uh, there are thermal qualities to our light. There are radiant qualities to our light. But our light is also revelatory and is revealing. See, like, when we turn a light on in this room, our natural eye can see things, but we can only see what we're familiar with and describe it in terms that we're familiar with. For instance, if, if I'm sitting way over there and I, the light comes on in here and I look in this corner, I say, what is that over there in the corner? It looks like... You know what I'm saying. And then you get closer and closer and closer to it. And you examine it. If you're familiar with it, you can identify it. If you're not familiar with it, you can't identify it. But God's light is revelatory as well. It'll tell you what it is. See? You're, you're never in darkness when you're in his light. His light will reveal, describe, tell you what it is that you're looking at or experiencing through his light. One of the things that, that uh, was found that, that describes the intensity and the, the properties of the light of God is the Shroud of Turin. Now there is a, there's a cloth that they've examined, been examining I think since the, the late 50s or 60s I don't know but there's a group of individuals that have possession of this and it's thought to be the burial cloth of Christ they have examined because it has the outline of a man's face and, and upper uh, upper body in it uh, especially the face um, it's, it's you know some of the pictures of it I think have a little more detail than is really on this cloth but they have taken it and as far as the uh, um, uh, 
abilities that we have now to examine what they want to know what caused the the imprint they know that it's it's something that had very high heat when it hit that cloth it's hot but not it's got heat it's able to penetrate that cloth leave a burn mark but no traces of anything that says it was burned by anything we know anything about if it was burned in it it, it even couldn't have been burned in a vacuum like say for instance if you if you burn something without oxygen or a, con- a concentration like it is in the atmosphere if you burn something it will burn according to the amount of oxygen that's because it's that's necessary for burning whatever this was that that was burned it doesn't hold any of the normal burn properties of any kind of heat we know anything about it went through the 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 cloth they feel at a speed higher than the speed of light as we know it so that's like what 180 something feet per second or something like that I don't know thousands of feet per second or something like that it shot through there so fast it can't be measured and so all of the things that they know about whatever this is they know it was heat at one time they know it was thermal they know it burned but the cloth isn't burnt hello does that sound familiar Yep, the bird bush that was burned but not consumed. They know it's a burn, but they're not sure what the burn is. And so the people that are Christians who are looking at this, they say the only thing that we know could have happened that we think was of that intensity that we don't know anything about. They say we just call it the resurrection. That's what that's what burned it. The Christians believe that's what burned it. They believe the same thing. There was an intensity in that tomb when the life of Christ came back into him that caused that stone to be rolled. Some people say the angel rolled it away, but they said if that happened within that tomb, there was so much power in there that move that rock too you got me and so they believe that that's what that is and that's the only ever uh, sample of that kind of intense pressure and fire and heat and that that they've ever known and so the people who have examined it believe it is the burial cloth of Christ they believe it is the power of the resurrection they believe that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the light that's in his people now you got me we burn but they're not burned so don't feel bad about your sinner friends that come under conviction that conviction's good it smells like hell to them but they're not going if they repent you see what I'm saying They, this is their door open door to get out of eternal damnation because we promise eternal life that's what's packaged up on the inside of us we are the hope of eternal life for the world and so you've got to remember that about yourself the next time you feel bad because you can't do this and you can't do that you know how the devil a harps at you because you you think you're supposed to be out doing something that God doesn't want you to do you need to tell the devil to shut up 
you're going to go and serve God and just go and do what you're supposed to do and quit this stupid argument out because it's an argument you'll never win it's settled already you don't argue with the devil you go and obey God and do what God expects you to do you need to remember that this intensity of this light was so great that it knocked the apostle Paul off of the uh, horse that he was riding on his way to Damascus to kill more Christians and it blinded him it caused him to be blind for a period of time the same light that blinded him though released him from blindness so in other words any trouble this light gets you into this light will get you out of again it solves all problems solves all issues it's not going it's a good light all the time it's good all the time it's not there's never anything bad about being Christian there's never anything bad about witnessing the people there's never anything bad about you got me sometimes you need to speak up and, and tell people you know more about the Lord who, who, who he is why you serve him why you're committed to God especially when people seem to put a, a negative handle on you you got me this happens in families all the time people think you're weird you know it's easy to call names of people when you don't understand they're in darkness they need understanding and so we need to speak up and just tell them about the hope that we have in us that's a cue for you to go back never let the devil have the last word I don't care if it's with your crazy drinking relatives fornicators liars thieves you know I mean all that kind of stuff is packed up in families and we need to let our light shine we need to tell people you know what I'm committed to the Lord and it's a good life for me I was depressed before I found God you know that's a great open door for your testimony instead of letting your your kinfolk believe lies about you you understand what I'm saying the devil's told them lies about you and you're the one that that you got to do the good works you've got to do what's right but you've also got to open your mouth and, and dispel lies when they're they're believing lies about you this this light is able to penetrate the darkness that the devil puts in there about you he's going to lie about you anyway he's going to lie about everything but especially about Christians so we are the light of the world we light up the whole world we're, we're enough light to light up everything <laughs> so we are it in the words of the late Mr. Michael Jackson we are it man <laughs> he thought this was it but we are it so we're the world's only source of light because Jesus lives in us we're the only source of this type of light our light is intense it's revelatory and it's good it's comforting when it needs to be and it's discomforting also we need to understand there are degrees of this light certain of us have certain intensities that are greater in some ways than others for some things and then some people have greater for other things for instance there are some people who <clears throat> their light will shine greater uh, in areas of compassion and some will shine greater greater in areas of revelation 
So the same same light that allows a person to be healed through the compassion mode will also cause that same person if they're not living for God to feel conviction in the revelation mode and so this light knows how to adjust its intensity and adjust its the bulbs you know what I'm saying it it can be turned up or down depending upon what's necessary to bring help comfort goodness whatever is needed into that situation the gifts of the spirit are always a more intense light than the degree that a person has when they just believe for salvation you got me the gift of the Holy Ghost brings a greater light when people have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and so when that the the amount of the Holy Ghost that we have in his knowledge his power our faith all of those things can kind of kind of up the wattage on your light but that's just your capacity what shows that a certain situation is what's needed in that situation you got me so if you don't need a thousand watts it won't be turned up that high if you need that it'll be turned up that high and so we need to understand that the Holy Spirit controls the intensity of the light but the light is always good there's nothing bad about the light of God believers please trust me in this so we're the world's only source of light because Christ lives in us the great mystery that Paul talked about Colossians 1 it was Christ in us the hope of glory that God would come to live and abide in us was beyond what they could imagine beyond what we can imagine sometimes sometimes when you give in to negative feelings you don't really believe that God's, God's, he's not home today you know what I'm saying uh, sometimes you have them days but because you're not letting your light shine and so we have to understand that when God lives in us takes his abode in us he controls where he lives to a certain degree if we'll let the light shine all you have to do is give God permission and then he turns up the intensity he decides where he shines he decides all that kind of stuff you kind of go along for the ride and it's a great ride it's not you know you don't have to control everything you don't have to understand everything you don't have to know everything you just have to let these things be and so uh, when our spirits are reborn we're filled with his life we're filled with that light and it happens when we accept him as our savior we accept the fullness of Christ for salvation and to do the work of the ministry so the great mystery is that he lives in us he fights for us he works in us he works mightily in us so he's not there working to be some little wimp that you get pushed around when you try to mention him you know he works mightily in us he is there to win people over he's there to snatch people from the devil's hands and he's there to bring people into the light so they can live in that dimension of light as well a city that is set on a hill that's what he describes us as in verse 14 it can be uh, the city that is set on a hill can be seen from afar people can be drawn to you from afar 
And that light shines. They're drawn by that light. There are many people that uh, I've known over the years and I can still contact those people. We're drawn by the light that's in one another. And so it's that light that connects us. There's that kinship there when we can both uh, abide in that light uh, there's a connection there and, and it can be seen from, from years <laughs> beyond you understand what I'm saying you can find these people years later and they're still serving God and the, the light is still we're drawn to each other from throughout eternity so they'll probably be our friends as long as they're in the light they'll be our friends as long as we're in the light a city that is set on a hill we said can be seen from afar so that people can be drawn to it they can be drawn to your light. Sometimes people may not even know uh, who you are and that you exist. But when they get before you, they know that God has placed them in your presence. You know, we used to happen to us so often we'd go places and people would say, well, I had a divine appointment. I had a divine appointment. It was kept because of the light that drew us to those individuals. You, you couldn't be drawn if that light wasn't there. It's impossible to hide this light. No, people try to do it. The reason Jesus says if, if they don't put it under a, a bushel, in other words, you don't hide a light. If you light a candle, you put it up so you let it do its, what it's called to do. You let it function. You let its purpose uh, be established. So if you're receiving the light of Christ, it's not so that light can be hid. It's not so you can get saved and run back and be a carnal person. It's so that you can be saved and let God do what he purposes to do in your life. Let the plan of God come forth in that light. And only will come forth if you stay in the light. And so we have to let that light shine. Because it's impossible to hide it. And he says this because he knows people are tempted to hide the light. Hmm? Tempted to hide the light. People get intimidated sometimes. They get around tempted. You know, the enemy's always mm, mm, poking at us and uh, trying to make us feel bad about the one who paid for us. Paid to get us out of a ransom. Paid a debt we couldn't pay. But we owed it anyway. We ran up a tab, (laughs) so to speak, before we met the Lord. And he paid it all off. And so the enemy wants us to be ashamed of the light. So the first thing he does is try to shame you when you think about, oh boy. Well, first, I can remember when I was first saved, you know, I started thinking about, oh boy, what's so-and-so going to say? What's this person going to say? What's that person? You know, like I had to explain to them who I was. And I realized that God wouldn't put you in a situation where you would have to defend if you're not able to who you are in Christ. And I found that a lot of those people I thought I would run away, I'd run into, I never saw them again. It's like I was in a different world than I was. Now you learn how to live in his kingdom. You find the kingdom is a safe place to live. You find that there's a lot of goodness in this kingdom. You find you belong there. You're not always persecuted and hunted and picked at and all this kind of stuff because of who you believe in. You find a, 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 a peace and a comfort in abiding in Christ. And in and he'll open doors 
for you to minister to people. He'll open doors for you. And it's such an easy life. It's never the hard life that you think it's going to be. You know, it's, I can remember thinking about people that I used to work with. And, you know, what was I going to say? Oh, boy, if I have to go back to work, when I go back to work, what am I going to tell people? I never went back. You know, I never went back. And and I'm not saying that don't work. That's not, it was, was not for me to do that. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, too many hurdles to overcome. You know, when God saves you and closes the door, when the Red Sea swallows up, your way back to Egypt it's swallowed up folks if you'll stay with God you never go back to that life you never want to go back to that life even if you're you're you know say in a job situation you'll get in a job situation and find people treat you totally different than they used to treat you and some of them will be honest enough to tell you why I knew something was different about you see set a city set on a hill they saw you coming from a long distance away and they know there's light there they can't comprehend it so they figure they'll respect it and leave it alone and that's the way most people uh, tend to treat Christians you know who uh, will let their light shine Proverbs 2.27 tells us that the spirit of man is a candle of the Lord and that light searches searches things out so one of the properties of that light is that it's a light that searches and examines things our spirits are are geared to search things out your spirit wants to know and understand spiritual things there's a hunger there we have enough and it wants and it'll examine things like your heart motives your intent it'll examine feelings god why am i why am i well you know why are you cast down on my soul you know that kind of thing it gets involved in the deeper aspects of your life so that you don't have questions you don't have doubts you don't have unresolved issues and unresolved fears you learn how to if you ask God something and you don't get an answer you learn how to just accept that you can live without answers to certain things and you have peace about it and it's not like God's trying to hide anything from you but he's telling you that's not important for you right now you know and so you're able to get answers about things that were were mysteries to us before um i i used to think that uh somehow you know if you you had mental illness you were doomed to a life of a revolving door and mental hospitals and pills and stuff like that until i found out that god could heal memories and heal your soul and make you a new creature to where that stuff what didn't even apply to you anymore and it could be so far in your past that it didn't come up and hinder you anymore and so my answer for everybody was hey you need to get saved buddy you you don't know the life that you could have if you could put all of that stuff behind you but for real though you know for real in Christ we have enough light in us we said to light up a city our light can be seen at a great distance when we see light it gets our attention because of the benefit life light brings to us there's a benefit that light brings to us the benefits that it brings number one would be guidance we are in such darkness before Christ 
and that guidance is a life-giving leading it's a good guidance because we know we're going to make it we know there's hope also in that light and that guidance so we're being led to something good and on the inside of us we know it it's not like you're being led by somebody you don't know where you're going you know it's that's never the way it is with God and I know a lot of people try to portray faith as something oh just blind faith I mean you just gonna you just gonna accept that well by faith our faith brings understanding so our faith brings enlightenment you know we we know what we're doing we know what we're about down here we don't have any any questions about where we're going where we're headed what we're doing and we can trust God you know I can get up and leave my house and feel totally confident that whatever happens that day is going to work out fine for me you know because I'm being led by God and I don't have any fear of anything coming up that cannot be resolved in God so there's light there's hope there's life there's everything good in the way the light of God guides us now you get out there and you try to fight that light and see what you feel like now I know nobody here has ever done it you never got mad at God and decided you want well, I ain't gonna do that <laughs> I know our little baby days are over for the most part you know you think you're supposed to have something that's not here yet you know it's just it's retarded but you know sometimes people get into that and I know when my husband passed away I had to fight thinking you know that's you know I'm not going to get over this this is not going to change it's going to stay like this you know and then but at the end of that thought you know no matter how hard my mind battled me at the end of the thought the Holy Spirit always helped me you got to understand the help that's in that light for you and I, I would go to bed and I said well God if this were going to be something I couldn't recover from you would never have allowed me to experience this because you're a loving God you're a just God you're a fair at the end of the day it's not your ability to escape trouble and hardship and, and, and obstacles but it's his ability and his promise to bring you through those you don't get stuck in there in the middle of it he brings you through but you gotta stay with him you can't drop his hand and go grab something else and think you're gonna outsmart God stupidest thing in the world you know uh, the book of Job is there to help us folks it's not 40 some odd chapters you skip over because it's a dull story and you don't want to think a Christian could ever get sick you understand what I'm saying it's not one of those books you avoid because you want to stay happy 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 you understand what I'm saying you go in there because there are principles for living there are principles for getting out of difficulty there are principles for understanding all scripture is inspired by God and it's profitable to us and you might find yourself in there though he slay me yet will I trust him you got me because your mind will take you there mm-hmm. and could go there again you understand what I'm saying you just you can't ensure ensure you'd have to really walk perfectly with God and then trust that you don't get any trouble because you're walking perfectly 
A test is a test, folks. It's something to pass. It's not something to flow. I'm going to say it again. You know, we're scared of too many stupid things we shouldn't be scared of. A test is something to pass. I don't know what kind of school y'all went to, but I passed all my tests. Huh? You know why? And write this down. I listen to my teachers. If your teacher's worth anything, you'll pass the test. You gotta trust your teacher. We've only got one. That's the Holy Spirit. Hmm? <laughs> you don't have to be afraid of anything in God. My goodness. <laughs> What's the blood done for you lately? You gotta participate in that, folks. You gotta get your assurance from God about these things. So we said that that this light guides us. It guides us in life. It's not it's not a bad guidance. You know, it's not some oh God, I don't know what God's gonna do today. <laughs> Can't trust that God, man. <laughs> he didn't you know anything. No, it's not like that. There's goodness and there's life in his guidance. It brings life to all who receive and who receive his word. There's life in his word. His word sets the path for you to go. If God tells you your life is blessed, you better believe wherever he guides you, there's a blessing there. <laughs> there's a blessing there. His, the light is a vehicle to carry the word of God. And the word is what sets the path and gives us hope for, for the reward at the end of it. Because there's a promise in those words. God's word tells us, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to drop you off in, in the middle of nowhere and just forsake you and leave you there with no help and no hope. Anything like that. Uh, I'll, I'll protect you. I'll be with you in these difficulties. I'm there all the time for you so light becomes a vehicle to carry the word of God and it causes it to have the power to accomplish what God wants so that's the life aspect of it the accomplishment of what the word says it's going to do happens because of that light and life that's there so they all work together the life of God the word of God the light of God it has purpose it has direction it has a vision that it wants to accomplish. It has everything of personhood, the personhood of God in it. So when you're letting the light of God shine through you, you're letting all of the fullness of Christ come through you. Don't ever hold back. Don't ever try to hinder. Don't ever try to pull back on what God wants you to do. We're a city set on a hill. That means we have a vantage point. We have we have an observation of, of situations to know when to move, to know when to act, to know all of those things. Just like the eagle sits on high. You know, he hides in the cleft of the rock. And he watches to see when Mr. Mouse comes out of his house to... Well, he thinks, he thinks the coast is clear. <laughs> Mr. Mouse went to the grocery store trying to make it all back home in his little hole. And the eagle sees him from way up there. Uh, that's lunch. 
Amen. And that's that's us. We have a vantage point to know when to move and when to act in God. We're moved by the Holy Spirit. He he nudges us to go forward in these things. The more you learn how to cooperate with the Spirit of God, the more in tune you are with what he wants to do and when he wants to do it. God does these things after the counsel of his own will. You just have to let your light shine. You know, you may you may be in situations that might intimidate people, you know, into moving. Like the the light of God is got to be intense enough to cause you to move without fear and intimidation and to cause what the situation to conform to what he wants to do in the midst of that thing. I've heard I've heard God tell me to pray for people in places that you you know what I'm saying. I mean just anywhere. It doesn't matter to God. First time it happened, I was a little nervous. My palms were sweating. You know, I can remember being a new Christian and wondering, wondering, wondering. Uh, there was a young man, Pastor Shirley and I were <laughs> somewhere we shouldn't have been trying to shop. You know, I don't know what kind of store it was. And this kid was there at the, the desk, cash cash register by himself and well, I thought about it years later I said I bet we look like we was going to hold him up or something you know what I'm saying but but everybody had cleared out the store was totally empty and we came up to the cash register and I asked him I said do you know the Lord you know Jesus Christ is you, your savior and he put his head down I said I bet somebody in your house been praying for you mama been praying somebody been praying I said well when you go home today you tell them their prayers got answered you know so he said oh okay is that what you want we say, yeah, we won't pray with you. So I guess he was relieved we didn't pull <laughs> we didn't pull a Uzi out. Yeah, you never know what what an aunt and a mom would want, you know, in a store. But anyway, but you know, in the early days, he made it easy for me because everybody cleared out of the store, you know. And later years, it got to it was as though people cleared out, but but they weren't gone. See, it's the same atmosphere, that same, see, the light does that. It blinds you to interference that was distract you from doing the will of God. And so it's, it's, like, it's like you're by yourself, but everybody's there, but you're by yourself. See, it, it, it'll blind you as somebody who carries the light and needs to minister that light to you know I was in a jewelry store one time I told y'all about this before the lady with the thumbs that didn't bend and she was we were just chatting I'm looking through the through the thing I just like to look you know what I'm saying I don't buy nothing and sometimes I'll just say oh okay today's the day you know I look because <laughs> the light makes me look <laughs> <laughs> the light made me look. <laughs> Anywho, uh, but I'm sure I was there for some kind of stupid shenanigan, and I didn't have a lot of time because by five o'clock I had to be home with dinner almost done. It <laughs> kept me on a tight schedule. You know, if anybody knew knew my dear departed husband he kept a short leash on you uh i put say that in all endearment but uh you know when i got up every morning i had a list as long as 
you know, the t- table that was sitting on the stuff to do. You know, I had a bunch of to-dos all the time. And so I had to make sure I got my list done, got home with dinner on the table, and did my, my jewelry shopping too. Was, you know, being a busy girl. Especially when I like to sleep till noon. So it's tight. But so I'm standing there. I know I don't have much time. This lady gets me in a conversation about thumbs that don't bend. And uh, when I start, when God starts to move me toward doing things, I can feel the power of God begin to kind of like swirl around me. Uh, that's what I call compassion because it kind of encompasses you and kind of puts you in a cocoon of God's power. And I'm thinking, I said, God, I got a few minutes. You know, you want to protest, but not. And thought comes in your brain. So you got to fight your brain from fighting for this lady's not getting her miracle. That's what's important, folks. Everything is on hold for that. And so she was in the, the middle of taking something out. And I could see, she just showed him. She said, see, they're, they are like this. And so I'm, she's, you know, going for the whatever and I'm going like looking at it I'm looking at I'm wondering who's going to win out you know the jewelry of the and I look like oh god I said well I'm going to pray for you in just a second <laughs> show me that real quick let me see that yeah, here I I said, because God's going to heal your, your thumbs I said I'm going to pray for you I said he's going to heal your thumbs and so my mind gets off of that thing and so I told her, I said, and the place was full of people. It was full of people. And uh, I told her, I said, I said, let me have your thumbs. I said, just hold them up like that. And she did. And I put my hands on them. And I prayed real quickly for her. And, you know, I'm not, come out, devil. <laughs> the light wasn't telling me to do that. See? And I had crossed that that off the list years ago with God you understand what I'm saying it's not for the benefit of people it's for people see results that's what they want to see and so uh, when I prayed for her, I said okay now bend them and she did and she screamed and she jumped up and down she kept and she screamed and she jumped up and, and so I said well God I'm going to go because my time is up and I told her I said well you know I said Jesus did your miracle. I said, you've been praying for that. I said, today was the day for your miracle. She said, I'm just so thankful. I went, I went to that store again. Of course, it's not sin. God sends you. It's not sin. <laughs> and I asked somebody where she was. I said, I thought there was a new lady working here. Nobody could recall who that lady was. And the, the one guy told me, he said, you know, sometimes we have people come over and substitute for us. Or maybe they're training and they're just here for a day. So God, I'm telling you folks, don't play with understanding who you are. God will move you to do something just for one day. One day opportunity you have to let your light shine so that she could see good works and glorify God. Because I was nobody to her. I was a customer to her. You understand what I'm saying? Just somebody coming through. And that's when God can really show people who he is. It's somebody, she doesn't know me, I don't know her. We just happened to collide together that day, never to see one another again. That's God. 
That's God. That's how he gets glory out of things. You see what I'm saying? So we have to remember that. That he's able to do these things through us with this light that is in us. There was enough light in me that she trusted that God had sent me to do this. The light helps that. Light, Our light gives people confidence in God. It's a light of confidence. How on earth would somebody trust you to put your hands on them and they don't know you just out of nowhere? There's a confidence that comes, an assurance. There's a life force in there that goes beyond what you're able to do. It's much bigger than who you are. Don't ever think of yourself. When you think of ministry, you think of Jesus and what he did. Don't put yourself in there. You know, that's a mistake I would make sometimes. I would think about, well, what if I don't? What if, what if I, what if I? Well, what if you just obey God and get yourself out of the way? Let the light shine. Don't try to control it and don't try to inhibit it. Let it happen and God will, will be there. If you learn how to, to waltz with him. I used to tell people, I said, ministry with God is like dancing with a partner you go learn the steps and let the partner lead you know for God to get me to do that took an awful lot because I anybody would tell you if, if you ask me to dance I wound up running the whole program after a while <laughs> for sure <laughs> So it's just, I mean, you know, some people are just that way. You know, they <laughs> a little aggressive. Anyhow, let me see what's next. <laughs> Let's see what's next. So we're set on a hill. And we talked about that being our vantage point. You know, you can examine everything. It's a good vantage point. Our light is positioned for maximum effect. Man, maximum impact on the earth. <clears throat> The implication here when Jesus said we're city set on a hill is we're seated in heavenly places in Christ. So we see things from Jesus' vantage point, not from ours. And if we will yield to the Spirit, let the light shine. It shines on us and our minds to help us focus on the right thing. Our light source is heaven. And it points, our light points the way to heaven. And people know it. Points the way to heavenly things. I was thinking of that movie that people are watching now, Heaven is for Real, based on the book. That there are more people now confused about whether heaven's real or not than helped. Because heaven is something, you get an understanding of that through the preaching of the gospel. Not so much for some from somebody going to visit because you can always... Uh, uh, contradict what they say they saw you can examine pick apart whatever Uh, depends on how much revelation they'll let come through this movie and so when we talk about that and then there are people who doubt he even went there you you got me but the gospel is a no-fail gospel because the light that we bring that we let shine through us is it cuts through every doubt every i mean it, it nothing can stand in front of this light so the answer to the movie aspect and all this stuff you know christians get real excited about nothing sometimes you know we'll get excited about something because we want that to do the job that we're too lazy to do to you understand what I'm saying? Let's just let the movie do all the work and then we can critique the movie and see if it's biblically accurate and all this nonsense. Jesus never told you to let a movie shine. 
brother. He's more he's more personal than that. He'll send a person with skin on to talk to you, man, to get you convinced. That's just how much God loves you and wants to make sure you get the message. So he'll send a light to you to to help you. You know, that's what we need. We need somebody like the Holy Spirit can read the heart of that person where they what their questions are. You know, when you when you really witness to somebody, they'll be able to tell you. That, that you answered a lot of questions that they had. They'll be able to share that with you. So that light is controlled by the Holy Spirit. In, according to Second Corinthians 2.16, we emit an odor or fragrance or we leave something behind. You know, fragrances always have, what, what time, how many... Okay, fragrances always they're they're geared so that they leave an essence behind. It's called an end note. In in you know when they when they mix fragrances, they have to mix a lot of stuff in there to make you smell good. But they have what they call a top note. That's what grabs you when you walk in the door. And then they have an end note, and that's something that lingers. Well, that's what we have. This light gives us that end note. And it's a savor or it's a lingering aroma of Christ. It works two things. It'll work life in people who have the light in them. It will enhance their light. You know sometimes you'll talk with somebody. Another believer. And you feel good. You feel built up. You feel encouraged. You feel. As somebody who is not in that light. Will feel oh brother here they come again. You know here come them Christians again. You know condemning people. They judge people. You know all the stuff that they accuse us of. It's a savor of life unto life. To those who are in the light. Death unto that death to those who are in darkness. So that savor of life comes, and sometimes it'll come to people in darkness when they receive the light. It's like somebody you minister to, tell them about the Lord. They'll say something like, "Boy, I'm so glad to know that. That really helped me." So that they bring life. It's a good savor to them. If somebody doesn't want Christ, they'll say you're judging or condemning, or it's because their death, the death odor is compounded. You got me. By that, they they, they are they say that Romans in Roman part of Roman law. Was if a person was, especially if a person was a prominent, like they, if, if they uh, uh, captured a king uh, from a country, they, they would have, and if they captured him alive off the battlefield, they would have a ceremony before he was executed. And he would be um, driven on a chariot that was heavily perfumed with all kinds of flowers, sweet smelling flowers and it was a savor of life unto life to people who were watching and saw this poor guy but it was a savor of death unto death to him even though it was a sweet smell that was it's it it connoted his death it wasn't something that he could enjoy and and you know Romans they're just brutal people they knew how to mess your mind up real good <laughs> just when they wasn't no place to be on nobody's bad on Caesar's bad side it just wasn't they were very very brutal people and so <clears throat> this is where they got that idiom from that it was life unto life and death unto death so 
we need to know also you don't control the intensity if it feels like death to somebody it's because that's what's needed for them we can't always have a happy message for everybody there's some people that God wants to warn that their lifestyle needs to change or they're not going to meet a good end there's some people like that in the world if that were you you'd want to have a warning you don't want to just go to your death or go to your destruction and not nobody ever tell you it's not right this light is also protective because it keeps us from stumbling it lights our path and anything that keeps you from making a mistake mistakes are costly you ask any business person they don't like mistakes they don't like to make them they know in a business world mistakes always cost money because they have to be corrected you got to find somebody who's able to correct them they're very very costly and so you want to avoid mistakes as much as possible that's just normal so because the word of God is a lamp and a light and, and, and it lights a path for us we know that if we obey the word we will not fail we have a no fail covenant and it comes through us obeying what God tells us to do God will speak to us and give us peace about our future he'll give us peace about hope he'll give us peace about things that we are doing that we may think is risky things we've never done before areas that we need to step out in because we just need to step out we've been at it square one long enough and it's time to move on God is God of progress he's a God of, of moving us forward <clears throat> And so once we understand and we know how to trust the light, then we can walk in the light as he is in the light. Amen. And so God has peace with us and, and we have companionship with him. It's a wonderful thing. That's the other thing that that light brings. It brings a companionship of God so that you know that you're not alone. There's, a, um, there's somebody in that light that's there for you and you know it because when you get in your car by yourself you start talking to him huh? when you get at home by yourself you start talking to him so you know there's a companion in that light we said there's hope in the light of God there's something there that makes you not quit there's hope there if you stay in the light of God <clears throat> it's an unfortunate thing when people step out of the light of God and then try to find their way again some people are being deceived there are false lights out there you know the God the, the Satan uh, masquerades the Bible says as an angel of light and he'll come to you in darkness and offer you a way out or offer you an answer that leads to more darkness and so that's the unfortunate thing you don't want to hide your light so we'll stop now we'll talk about the rest of this about hiding the light of God and and uh, how not to do that what God means when he talks about putting it under a bushel and letting it shine so that men can see your good works amen father we thank you for your word today and we thank you that your word is light it's life it's truth it's power it's blessing it's goodness it's all that we need 
Lord we thank you that you are drawing us even now to a closer relationship with you and your word we can trust your word we can trust the time that we spend with you in the word and we can trust father that you are changing us more and more into your glorious image every time we meet with you and every time we're in your presence we thank you Lord in Jesus name amen praise God if anybody needs prayer come on up and I'll prayer with you prayer Thank you.